Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. So I have a super exciting interview for for you all today. Notice how I carefully said you all instead of y'all. (laughs) <laughs> but now I've just ruined that. But uh, anyway, I've got uh, a, a gentleman that I have been following for quite a while on YouTube who is really a, a legend on, on, on YouTube. I'm sure a lot of you know him because I, I know that a lot of you are, are subscribers of his as I am. And uh, he is Eli the Computer Guy, and he has graciously uh, accepted my request to, to interview him here on, on simpleprogrammer.com. So uh, I'm just uh, thrilled to, to, to have you here, Eli, and thanks, thanks again for, for coming on Simple Programmer. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good to be here, good to, good to talk to with another YouTuber. Yeah, so, um, so you know, just uh, for, for, those, for those people that don't know about you, maybe, maybe you could give us a, a little bit of your background and, and kind of <laughs> history. My background. Oh, I have the worst background. I, I, I have one of those backgrounds I say don't, don't follow my lead because it's insane. Um, basically, I started out in the, uh, the Army back in the 90s, did electronic repair there. Uh, got discharged before all the insanity. I mean, I remember when I was discharged, like the thought of the U.S. getting into a war again was just ridiculous. Uh, like, yeah. who, who, who are we going to fight? Afghanistan? <laughs> um, but uh, ended up getting out. Then um, I got my criminal justice degree, but it was during the dot-com boom. So I figured I would get my MCSE just as a brownie point. Got that, ended up getting hired as a regional support engineer. And... Um, was way over my head, like insanely over my head. So I was like, I was one of two engineers for our region at 23 years old that was responsible for new site. We had a company that was growing really quickly. So new site build outs. I dealt with the telephone systems, the networking, like everything. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So I did that, went over for other couple of corporate jobs. um, And basically, you know, bad, bad luck came on. So I decided I'd go backpack through Europe for a few months because I was on the, everybody said I was on the five-year retirement track because I was like the dot-com boom. I knew what I was doing. People were like, you, you're going to be really successful. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I decided before I got really serious, I would go backpack through Europe for a few months and then come back and get down to the CIO track. So I backpacked through Europe and then I had so much fun. I backpacked through India. 
Um, and then I came back. So it was a year or so later, I decided to go to uh, Seattle to like find my fortune. Like I'll be the tech person. I'll go to Seattle, Microsoft and all that. And I had no idea how bad the dot-com bust was until I was in Seattle um, in a recruiter's office. And she had my resume in front of her. And she's like, you know, explain this and explain this. I'm explaining all this stuff. And she looks at me. She says, you know, a year ago, we were hiring people like you at $85 an hour salary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I have nothing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't need 85. I'll take 40, 30, 20, 10. Um, yeah, like literally, literally she, uh, the only job she had was, um, was this was the early two thousands. Uh, it was like an MTA survey person with a tablet computer. She's like, well, that's, that's technology. So you get on yeah. like the city buses and like survey people. Oh, wow. And yeah. so I was there. It was, I got laid off from pizza. Like it was so bad. The economy there was so bad to get a pizza delivery job. They said, bring your resume to the interview. And they actually had an interview for pizza delivery. <laughs> then I'm doing pizza delivery, f figuring what the hell, what's, what's gone on with my life. And, um, and uh, got laid off. Like the pizza delivery company went bankrupt. So I got laid off of pizza delivery. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And finally, the economy, and this is something like a lot of people don't realize is the highs and lows of the economy. So I was, I was in Seattle at the time. And so I finally get there's this, this going to be this temporary job uh, for a tax company. Like they do tax software. And so it was going to be $9 an hour to work on the help desk. And I'm already, I'm already a sad boy. I'm already like, oh, what has happened in my life? And yeah. then I'm sitting across the table from another person that's going to get hired. I start talking with him. His resume is like three times as good as mine is. And he's about to start commuting an hour each way for this oh, $9 an hour help desk. And that's the point. I was like, I don't. Okay. Seattle's not for me. Like I, I just look at this guy who is far my superior and like, I can't do this. So I wound up coming back to Baltimore. The dot-com bust was bad here too, but I was trying to figure out what to do and um, decided I'd just start hanging up like pull tab signs to do computer repair stuff. Okay. And yeah. it was one of those things. Within a month, I was paying my bills off of it. And within three months, I had my apartment again. I was shopping back at Whole Foods. It was just, it was the Windows XP Service Pack 1 era. When, <laughs> it, it, that was when spyware was brand new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing is everybody's computer was, was getting hit and everybody had money at all at the same time. Right. So that, that took off. That was doing well. And we did... Um, I had a policy of I figured it was easier to learn technology than it was to get good clients. So my company as a consultant, we did everything. So we did surveillance systems and telephones and websites and computer repair. And I built that up uh, until luck turned. And the, um, when the, uh, the financial crisis hit, it oh, was yeah. April 2009. And all of a sudden, people just stopped opening up their wallets. Like if I had said, look, I'm, I'm going to install it. I want to install the best server in the world for you for five dollars. People would be like, "Well, man, five dollars!" Uh, like I literally, I had one. I had a florist warehouse. They had this huge warehouse. They had like this twenty thousand square foot warehouse. They had thirty employees, and their wireless access point died. And it's like, okay, no big deal. Uh, we installed Cisco Aeronet wireless access points. I was like, look, it's like five hundred fifty dollars for the, the the access point. Takes me an hour. $650 and you're up and going for years. I mean, these Cisco's. Yeah. And the, the stupid guy went off to freaking Best Buy and bought 
an access point for like 80 bucks for the Linksys <laughs> access. And it's like, you have 30 employees in a 20,000 square foot facility and you're, what? Does it make sense? Um, it's like, who's, who, are you using the hot water? Are you using the Wi-Fi? I, I can't connect. <laughs> yeah, no, really. It was just like, and that was a problem. So here, like everybody. So so I saw the writing on the wall with a lot of this computer repair thing. Because that, that was basically, um, so I was sitting there and I was trying to figure out what to do. Because I had nine employees. I had my own building. I had spent a lot of money to build up. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at the recession. And then I went and I talked with like my equivalent of money people. It's like, yeah. okay, I deal with computers every day. You deal with money every day. Explain to me what your viewpoint is. And that was a thing. And I tell you what, those bastards are right. Because um, basically, I sat down with people who knew money. And they said, Eli, it's going to take 10 years for this to wash through the system. Oh, wow. It was like, they said, with a financial crisis coming through, they said, because you're going to have all these ups, you're going to have all these downs. Until we get back to what you would consider a normal economy, it's going to be a decade. And so I sat there and I looked at it and was like, okay, well, if it's normal for a decade, let's say, say, let's say it takes three or four years to get through this recession, like through the worst of it. And then I looked at it and I looked at all this compute, like the net, like at that time it was the net tops and the net books. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to work 12 hours. So I'm going to fire half my employees. Let's, let's, let's think this through. I'm going to fire half my employees. I'm going to work 12 hours a day. And then in four years, when people start having money again, Who's going to be paying me $200 to fix? Like, because that's the thing. Like, if you look at tablets or phones now. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And so it was just writing on the wall. So I decided, okay, I'll close that down. I was going to go off. I went to university. So I figured, okay, I'll go off, become like the super guru geek. And I was in a master's degree program that was hard. It was sad. Like, I was just sitting there. And um, it's how these people get sold. Like, so I'm in an applied master's degree program. The people around me like had been bartenders like they did. It's not even like that a computer science degree or an IT degree or that they had a an accounting degree, but had done IT like they knew nothing about technology at all. Oh, God. And I was having a conversation because we were supposed to like uh, design this uh, this infrastructure for a, a, a program that we were going to create. And so, you know, I had my buddy beside me. I was like, you know, I'm sitting here because because there was supposed to be reliability and redundancy and fault tolerance. So I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, should I virtualize this? Should I just do this as a cluster? I don't know. Do you do like a cluster within virtualization? And I remember the guy sitting beside me was like, I have no idea what any of those words mean. <laughs> And he's in a master's program. <laughs> and a master's. And it wasn't like configure. He, he literally like, what? Um, and so that's where I realized I was there. And the professor didn't care what he was talking about. The yeah. students didn't care. They were there for a piece of paper. And I had just been writing checks out of my own pocket for employees and realized wow. I didn't care about this material. So that's where I came up with the ideas. You know, what if I do... Uh, streaming video classes about what we get paid for, you know, for IT people, you know, network cabling, Linux, data recovery, all this kind of stupid stuff. Um, so I went out and uh, decided to do that. Um, YouTube is was not what you consider YouTube today. YouTube back then, it was horrible resolution. It buffered to high hell and back. So you could only do 15-minute videos. So I actually, I built my own infrastructure. I built my own uh, Flash Media server, my own web server, Xeon servers, threw them into a co-location facility and decided I was going to build my startup that way. Um, 
built it up for a year, but then I went by the whole traction thing they talk about where you get traction and then you flip over to a paying model. All right. And yeah, uh, yeah nobody wanted to pay. They all <laughs> loved it. They all loved it. Oh, I had so many members and streaming out so many videos a day, getting all these great compliments. This is the best education. And so I flip it over to a paying model. And after a month, I had six people paying 25 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and three of them were like, I was twisting their arms because I'm a pretty helpful guy in the normal world. So it was like, Mutterfutter, I've helped you. You are going to pay me $25 a month to be a subscriber. Right? So I only had like three real subscribers. So that wasn't working. And then I was looking at doing at the advertising model back then. But back then you had to have, it was like a million views per month before the, if any of the ad networks would actually take a look at you. Oh, wow. Okay. Because again, this is like 2009, 2010, which is, you know, long time ago for our world. Um, and so I looked at it and with streaming costs and everything, it would have cost me twenty dollars to $30,000 a month in infrastructure cost just to deliver that much content. Wow. We're not even talking about client acquisition and all that kind of stuff. So I had to figure, figure you know what, I'm going to throw this. It was an idea. I worked a year and a half on it. Screw it. I failed. Um, but right at that time, YouTube came to me and said, um, since you don't have any copyright violations, because I had created an account and thrown, thrown some stuff up. And they said, since you don't have any copyright violations, uh, you can put long form content. So this is right when you could start putting videos on over 15 minutes. So I looked at it and went, well, I'm going to go back to doing consulting just by my lonesome. I'll put all these videos onto YouTube. If people want to see it, then I can say, look, I've taught 100 classes. You know how smart I am. Hire me. So I did that, was doing the consulting thing for like nine months. Well, I was doing the consulting thing about nine months later or in August, they then sent me an email saying I could monetize my videos. Okay. But like the world was so much different back then. So I look at it and I honestly didn't think I was going to make any money monetizing my videos. I was like, what? And back then, every single video, you had to fill out this stupid ass form. You had to like, you had to check off like five things. And then you had to write out why you felt you were allowed to monetize the content. Oh, my. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there looking and like this time I continue to do videos just because it was, it was kind of fun. And it was like, so I had 120 videos. I was going to have to go through this form. And I have to say, like, I let that email sit there for like three weeks. Like they oh. said, you're able to monetize. And so it's so funny nowadays. People are like, I can monetize. I, I literally, I, I looked at the email and was like, yeah, I've got better crap to do. Like, and it was, it was yeah. on honestly, I had a down day, you know, I was doing consulting stuff and I had a down day and that email popped up. I just looked at myself, I was like, Eli, it's going to take you like a day to do all this. And then, you know, you know, Hey, you make a hundred dollars a month, 12 months, you know, a thousand bucks a year for a day's worth of work. Ah, oh, fine, fuck it. So I sat there with a cup of coffee, and, and I really, I was not excited about it, was not happy about it, I was like, whatever. Um, but then it was the amazing thing. Like, um, I did it. Then it was September. I made like a hundred and something dollars. Then it was like two hundred dollars and three hundred dollars and five hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's where this story I, I, t I tell with my wife, where I got up to like five hundred and fifty dollars. So I finally had a curve, and uh, <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, look. It's finally taken off. This is finally being successful. I'm going to stop consulting. I'm going to stop consulting and completely focus on this. And she just looked at me. She's like, yeah, but Eli, the curve like stops at 550 a month. <laughs> like, you're like, yes, you have a curve. But the high point is five. I'm like, no. And 
thankfully, thankfully, it was the next month was a thousand, and then it just kept going up. So it worked out. But yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. such a such an interesting history. I think we definitely share a, a few points in in the history, but it's it's interesting mm -hmm. to hear about all the failures that you yeah. went through. Cause I think a lot of people see someone successful like you and they're like, Oh, well, you know, that guy's just, he's a genius. <laughs> he's super smart. He just like, you know, whatever he touches turns to gold mm -hmm. and they don't realize, um, what do you think about, like, what do you think about your history? You know, as far as the failures that led to the success that you have now? You know, I think it's just, I think the big thing with, with people being successful is just, it's when you have that desire to want more, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. Like I get into all these kind of snarky arguments with all these people. Cause I say the computer repair industry is dead and I'm not going to get into an argument cause I just don't care anymore. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is you have so many people that are like, no, Eli, no, look, I can still make $35 for repairing a computer. And you're like, and that makes you happy. <laughs> that, like, I did not go through this amount of education for freaking $35 a computer repair. And I think that's the, the difference with a lot of people is, are, do, you accept, do you accept what you have now or do you want more? You know, are you trying to right. find that, that next thing? Because that's, that's the problem I, f I see with so many people is they just kind of stagnate. And unfortunately, the in the technology industry, stagnation is death. Like as soon exactly. as you decide this is what I'm going to do, you're already going downhill. So I think that's that's with me. It's like constantly going out there and like like with the college. I mean, I had already, you know, that was seven and a half thousand dollars. that went down the toilet. Yeah. But I could yeah. I could I could sit there and I was two months into the program and I realized it was garbage. It's like I can I can go on for another year and a half to get the degree, dump in, you know, another twenty thousand dollars and then have right. a worthless piece of paper. Or I can just cut this crap off right now and figure out something new to do. Yeah, yeah. Very few people can cannot send bad or good money after the bad. They they can't yeah. cut their losses. So that's a good attribute for sure. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I think also it's interesting to hear that you started off in the military. Do you feel like that 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 discipline carried over? I know a lot of a lot of people that you know, that were in the military that, you know, they're, they seem to be more disciplined than other people. And, and that allows them to be a little bit more persistent. Do you feel like that happened for you or? Yeah, well, I, th I think there is some, some of it is a little bit of self-selection bias. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. If, if you're the person that's willing to sign your life away for four years to the, for whatever, I mean, there's, there's just, people that are willing to do that kind of thing so it's just i think with the military there's a bit of self-selection bias um but then i know for like the electronic to so, so i went through like one of the lo longest electronic programs they have and the the best thing that i found with the military was they just have an amazing way of doing troubleshooting and like one of the best skills they taught me was again it was ridiculous nine months of like 40 40 hours a week but where they start you off at the beginning. So I think that's a thing is they, they teach you. It's kind of like how they say with college, they, they teach you how to learn, you know, learn. And that's the same thing like the military is they teach you how to troubleshoot and they teach you how to figure out what you need to know in order to be able to troubleshoot. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so, so like with us, since I did like communications repair, they spent, they, it was eight weeks 
of learning radio frequency stuff and line of sight and basic electronics before you even got to the equipment that you were going to work on. Oh, I see. Okay. So the idea is like when you're working on the equipment that you have a full understanding of this is this is how the signal is supposed to look. This is what's supposed to happen. So if something weird is going on, you have a good basis to try to figure out what to do next. I see. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like, you know, when my car breaks down and I open up the hood and I'm like, hmm, that's, that's a lot of interesting stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, if I understood exactly how cars worked and all that ahead of time, I wouldn't have even need to open up a, a hood. As soon as I see it, I'd be like, oh, that, there's something not right there. But to me, it just looks fine. It's just like there's a little smoke coming out of there. I don't know if that's okay or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting too with the dot com. I think you know we we had similar, I think somewhat similar experiences there. I was, I think I maybe I'm a little bit a little bit younger than you, but I I was around 19 and I during the dot com and I'd gotten this job for 75 dollars an hour. Just I didn't know Jack, you know, I didn't know I got the C plus plus job with like a phone call interview. And then after that bubble burst, I was like, well, wait a minute, no more 75 an hour jobs? What, what, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, happened? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, the, so what happened, I'm curious too, how your, your YouTube channel evolved. Because obviously now, I mean, and, and I think we've, we've somewhat gone similar paths too in, in this regard, <laughs> is that you, know, you obviously started off talking about highly technical topics on YouTube. But yeah. now you're, you're really, I mean, I think people tune into you for wisdom and personality. And yeah, so that, yeah. like, how did, did that, was that a conscious evolution? Was that something that you just like enjoyed more or that you felt you could give more value for? Or, you know, how did that come about? No, it was more the natural evolution. So if you go back again to 2009, 2010, um, when I was doing my videos, uh, if even if you take out how I got paid for it, the fact of the matter was there wasn't a lot of education within the IT realm for that kind of stuff. You know, data right. recovery, basic Linux stuff. This whole ed tech revolution was rather new. So simply being there, um, you know, when I put out my content, there wasn't a lot of competition. Right. And so I was doing that for a long time and I continued to do that. And then um, I got hired to do some um, uh, contract work by a company called CBT Nuggets. And so they flew me out to Eugene, Oregon for their headquarters. And while I was there, it was back in like 2012, I think. Um, and Google Hangouts on air was brand new. All right. Okay. And so, you know, I'd already been doing the classes and they had me do a hangout for them, which like three people showed up to. But then I was like, huh, that's a really kind of cool idea. So I decided when I came back, I would start doing my own Google Hangouts on air. And that's where, that was originally the idea of the Daily Blob. And that was the problem that I, so I was teaching everybody all this educational stuff, but people didn't really understand like the real world of technology, like how to get yeah. jobs, all that kind of thing. So that's where the Daily Blob originally was for that. But then after doing it for so many years, the problem is, is the, the value in technical training has gone down and the competition is much harder. Again, whether it's, whether it's INE or CBT Nuggets or Udacity, they can do it better than me. I mean, they've got, I've seen their revenue. Right. <laughs> their, oh, their budget, man. Um, yeah, I can't compete with that. And then um, 
once I was doing the daily blobs, you know, most of the questions that I started getting were basically the same. You know, everybody keeps asking about the damn CCNA and the A plus and computer repair. And, oh yeah. And so, and basically, and so that's where I could see with the content creation, I was kind of coming to the end. So it's the classes aren't as valuable as they used to be. And the other thing too, like a lot of people say, well, look, your classes are so valuable, but I can look at my stats and I know introduction to Linux, TCP IP, VPN, there's like 20 classes I did that are very valuable. Right. Because everybody getting into IT needs that information. Well, now that I've done 900 videos, if I'm going to be doing videos now, I'm going to be talking about things like Docker, or Linux containers, or software-defined networking. And the fact of the matter is most people don't even know this crap exists. Right, yeah. yeah you've got a very small section. That's a problem with advanced content, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's because everybody says, oh, you need to go back to classes. And it's like, ah. even if I did, I've looked at the numbers to teach yeah. new stuff. There's just not enough people out there. Um, and so all this going on, I did some experiments. And then that's where I found like a lot of people just like to hear my voice. And then so that's where I kind of came up with the idea. Um, about two or three months ago, I get guess at this point, more the idea of like, what if I did like a topical computer show? So instead of training, instead of specific advice, we just start talking about these are all the things going on in the industry. And these are the ways to look at those things and then figure it out yourself. Because that's, I mean, that's like so many of the problems I get is people say like, Eli, how do I get a job? And they're in, they're in fricking Custer, South Dakota, population 9,000. Right. And I'm like, uh, probably go wash dishes at the local restaurant, frankly. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't get an enterprise job when literally the town you are in is smaller than most enterprises. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think that's, I mean, you know, definitely there's so many people that are, that, that the biggest thing now is like, how do I find the job and how do I get the, get the yeah. experience, like the answering those questions, I think is, and that requires some amount of wisdom, not just, not any, not everyone can answer those questions, I think. So that's, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and I think that the difference for you, like you're a simple programmer. And again, the programming industry is big and it's booming. So even if the programming industry's growth decreases, you're still going to be an upward trajectory. Whereas... Right. The standard IT, again, like this always gets weird because there's a whole, what the, what the hell does IT mean, right? So I would argue most people, you are not IT, I am IT. And that's the problem is like when you look at the CCNAs and the A pluses, the CSEs, again, this is where our industry has plateaued, which right. means it's dying. Because, I mean, you just you just look at everything that's available now and you just, you don't need IT professionals the way you used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. think about like, I remember I, way back, I, I got my MCSE and I was doing the A plus certification and stuff. And I, I mean, I started out, you know, as a kid doing troubleshooting on computers and, you know, I, I was so, I felt so proud of myself because I could go through trouble. I could fix your computer. I could figure out what was wrong with your hard drive and, you know, connect the slave drive and, so, you know, like all those yeah. And now you look at computers today and you're like, wow, all of that stuff is useless knowledge because <laughs> not, there's very few desktops that, that people are like using now. And then even if, if you did, half of the stuff is soldered in there now. And some of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like I say, like with email, I mean, how much, how much of my life did I, did I work on fixing Outlook and PST files? Yeah. And now you have Gmail and like, 
you, there is no scan PST for Gmail. It just works, you know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, I think, you know, to see how these, I mean, nothing ever stays the same. I think a lot of people really want stuff to stay the same so that they can master this. And, you know, that's happened. It, it happens in both of our industries because, you know, with the IT and DevOps, you know, DevOps is kind of becoming the, like, you got to be, as an IT person, I think you kind of got to be more DevOps. Now you got to understand some programming and, and the whole development process to really be valuable in that space. And even as programmers, you can't just be a programmer. You can just write code because there's guys in India who will do that for 20 bucks an hour or less, and they're really good. Now you have to actually be a solution architect and understand the business model and all of that stuff. So it's like the, the roles are evolving. At least that's what I'm seeing on the, on the programming side, but. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the whole, yeah, that, that's, but I think that's where I try to explain with people. And um, I think some people get snarky whenever I talk about the dot com boom, but that's where I, I say, you know, it's like, I've been like in it for 16 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 16, seven. And you just see the evolution. Like I remember in T I remember NT 4.0 before active directory, you know, you know, working on windows 95. And so, you know, an it person back with windows 95, where if you looked at it wrong, it blue screened, right. It's different <laughs> than, than different than how it was in 2005 and is different than, you know, what you need now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You, you know, like in the programming side too. Like you used to be when I was first starting out. Like if you're a master of C++, if you understood the language, that was the yeah. skill set that was valuable. But now it's like being a master of one language is not enough. You have to feel <laughs> yeah. that it's integrating the technologies. It's understanding how to like look at a new framework that you've never seen before, and then two days figure out how to make it work. Yeah. And that's the, that's the skill set. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, one thing I, I'm curious about, a lot of pe a lot of my audience is, I, I do kind of a similar thing. I get a lot of emails and I answer a lot of emails for, for questions. But one of the biggest things that I found is that uh, a lot of young people watch this channel and what they're looking for is advice on how to navigate the murky waters between like, should I go to college? Should I go to a boot camp? Should I try and self-educate myself? You know? And, you know, I definitely give a lot of recommendations on that, but I'm curious to give your kind of, to hear your kind of advice for these young people. Like, you know, someone starting out that's like just graduated high school, they want to have a successful career. What, what do they do today? Like, what, what would you advise them? It really depends on how motivated they are. I mean, that's the whole, again, everybody wants a one size fits all boot camp or this or that or the other. And, right. um, it's just not it's like it's like again who are you where are you at in the world all these kind of things and so that's where i tell them all and a lot of them ignore me is go out and, and find problems to solve you know it sounds it sounds freaking lame but it's just true it's like if you go out there and you get a job that has some kind of technology in it and then you start solving those problems then that will show you the path you need to go down right you know, because I mean, that's the thing, like if you go to a warehouse and you're working on warehousing equipment and then you learn about, you know, logistics, then, then you may find, oh, I need to learn about MySQL and PHP and I can develop something here. Or if you go, you know, you're working for another company, because I think that's a problem is there's so many technology because, you know, that's again, back in 99, 2000 in the IT world, you either did your MCSE or whatever the hell the Novell engineer was and your CCNA. Oh, yeah. And that was it. 
and everybody had everybody had windows they might have <laughs> they might have netware and everybody has cisco now there's a thousand different options and so that's where i tell people to go out find whatever job you can that's semi-technical you know go work for comcast go work for verizon running cable and then learn and then start learning it's like okay so i'm running fiber optic cable what does right. that mean let me learn about fiber optic okay so now i understand how the cable works let's understand how the switching works okay now that i understand and i think if you grow that way you'll do the best um but then for the people that are just they're not motivated Basically, I, 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 I would argue, I think college is for the people that aren't motivated or have no idea what to do. That's why it's, you know, well, a lot of people, I say, Eli, I want yeah. to be in computers. Should I, should I do programming or networking? It's like, <laughs> college is for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because like, if you don't even know the difference between those two, then I think that's a good thing with college. Is like, I'm not sure if, honestly, I'm not sure if college, um, is actually that valuable. I, I, it kind of reminds me of um, my wife had cancer, had a couple of cancers actually. And at one point they were got, they wanted to give her a, a um, it was like a gene test on the type of cancer she had. And it's a ridiculous thing with how our healthcare system works. Um, but basically like the doctor told her, she, she was, he was like, even if you, even if you already know what you want to do, if you take this test, It'll give you a month to think about it. And it kind of gives – it forces you to have like a breathing period because it's like they take it and they got to run the DNA and then it takes about a month for them to get it back. Oh, I see. And, okay. And so basically his idea was, you know, you take the test and then it'll give you a month just to kind of breathe in, breathe out, and figure out exactly what you want to do, even if you end up ignoring the results at the end of the day, which right. is kind of okay. weird. And that's where I kind of feel like with university sometimes can be good with young people if they can afford it. Is it gives them that feeling of doing something. It's yeah. like, I'm doing something. I feel comfortable in my own skin. And then hopefully over that four-year period, I will figure out what the hell I want to do in life. Um, right. So that, that's where I kind of think college is good for a lot of people. So I, that, that's where I'd say like if you're, if you're motivated – Go out there, get a job, and then learn what you need to get ahead. If you have no idea what you're going to do, and you just you have some money to burn, that that's when I say go to college. No, <laughs> no yeah, I think that's good. That makes sense, uh, especially the first thing you said about the the kind of idea. Like, I think a lot of people will get a job and they'll say, "Okay, well, this is my job," yeah. but but having that mindset of saying, "Okay, well, you know, how does this actually work?" Like. Because that's the ladder that you're going to climb up is because, you know, that you're starting at this lower position. And then if you understand the higher level thing, you're going to get pulled up because now you're the guy that that was the tech in the field, but can operate at the higher, like you're extremely valuable to that company or you, you've got some real applicable skills as opposed to theoretical skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's also, I mean, it's just, it's understanding so many tech, technical people like don't get the idea that they're there for the business. Right. Yes. And and so that's the thing. Like even if you're just even if you just got some crappy ass telemarketing job, you know, using the telemarketing system and simply realizing what works well, what works poorly, going out, researching a better solution and presenting that to the boss, even if the boss shoots it down. Right. I mean, those those are all the basic skills you need in IT. So yeah.
exactly. So, so on, on a personal note, how has, how's, how's this changed? How's your life changed? You know, being, I guess, you know, really being an entrepreneur now, entrepreneur now and, and being on YouTube and, and actually being able to make, you know, a, more than a decent income on, you know, being able to actually do something like this for, for a living. How does your, how does this affect you? Like, you know, I'm just curious for the mentality, like, you, you know, most people never imagine that they would be doing something like this. What um, what do you think about now? Oh yeah, I mean, it really does. I mean, for me, because you know, again, a lot of YouTubers they decide they want to be famous, right? Yeah. And then they come to YouTube and figure out what they're gonna do. Again, for me, I, I came as a technology professional. If yeah. this all blows up, I'll leave as a technology professional. Um, so really. I'll, it hasn't changed a lot for me. I mean, again, closing sponsor deals is a hell of a lot like closing project deals. True. Uh, sitting here talking to a camera. Again, the way that, that I think about it, except a little more snark, is, I mean, it's the same thing I would talk with about CEOs. You know, that's what I always told my employees is that a real IT professional, real tech professional answers the questions the client doesn't know to, to ask. Right. And so like when I used to sit down with the CEOs, that's one of the reasons I can do this is I would just sit there and I'd run through the 50 questions. It's like, okay, we're going to install the server. It's going to do this, 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 this. These are the problems that it's going to cause. Yeah, blah, 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 right. Um, so really the, the benefit for me with doing YouTube um, is the freedom. I mean, the, yeah. the fact, the fact is that my wife and I are going to go in a travel trailer for a couple of weeks and you know, money, keep money keeps coming in. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, YouTube, it's really, um, the, the only life, like really life changing thing. I well, I guess the two life changing things is one is it gives me a lot more freedom. Uh, but the other thing though, from a business standpoint is it's a lot lonelier than you would expect. Like I really actually have to work on my social life much more now. Yeah. Um, because with all the infrastructure that YouTube provides and everything else, like you don't need anybody else to do this business. Yeah. Um, like, I, I mean, I really, I hired, uh, there's this guy, Tony, I talk about my videos every once in a while. And at one point I hired him part-time like 20 hours a week. And it was, it was horrible. Like after like a month, he had so much stuff coming in. He had so many demo <laughs> units and so many, like I couldn't keep up with it. And so I like literally I ended up having to fire him or he quit or whatever. Cause we talked about it and was like, okay, so the amount of work I need out of you was literally ended up being so small that it wasn't worth him to do the work. Oh, I was see, like, yeah. he was like, can I get like five hours of work out of you a week? He's like, yeah, no. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's the only thing. Like, it's, it's so amazing now. Cause I mean, you know, whether it's the, ad, I mean, we don't have to worry about servers, the infrastructure just works. I use Macs, so there's no troubleshooting. Um, so I think I think that's the that's from a business standpoint is the amazing thing of just how much you can do just as an individual person. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, today we just have so much leverage as an entrepreneur that just the opportunity never existed before. Yeah, it, yeah. It, especially young people that are, you know, I always, I always joke. I'm like, just go to Thailand for, you know, <laughs> and, and live off of like 500 bucks a month, yeah, save yeah. up a little bit of money and then build your online business to the point where you're making a thousand bucks a month and you're free, you're free at 19. What took me, you know, how many years to become financially free? You're free from the beginning and then you yeah. can only go up from there. Yeah. yeah. 
But... Well, I mean, th th that's the amazing thing because my wife and I, we were traveling for like nine months last year in a travel trailer. And that was the amazing thing to look at my, my accounts from Google. And when I was in Baltimore, I made this amount of money. And when, yeah. when I was in Custer, South Dakota, I made this amount of money. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you can literally do this from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've been doing a lot of traveling the last few years. It, we just came back from China. I went to Europe for like three months, and and it's just it's awesome to have to be an online you know have an online business that you can you can do that. So yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got a, I've got a, a full time video guy though, but I'm I'm doing like two YouTube videos a day now, trying to yeah, right. trying to catch up and and stuff. But but um uh, one one last question that, that I want to ask you. Uh, is uh, you know I, I always like to ask someone who who I who I consider to have a great deal of wisdom, what books that they recommend like f that kind of anyone or everyone should read. What are their top books? So what kind of books do you think have sort of the, the most profound impact on a person's life? Um, I'm actually not sure the books are where I feel like books are so 2005, man. Um. Or other medium, I guess. Is it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, really, I would say nowadays with, you know, I hate to say, I would go onto YouTube and then I would watch, um, you know, like I've, I've never read a Tim Ferriss book, but okay. I love watching his interviews. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, watch like Tim Ferriss, watch Guy Kawasaki. Uh, like one of the saddest things that I really don't understand is... Um, like TechCrunch in the startup world, uh, they do these events called TechCrunch Disrupt. And so TechCrunch as a magazine is, is horrible. Do not read it. It's garbage. Uh, but what's interesting is TechCrunch Disrupt is this, the, the big startup events. And then they'll sit there and they'll do half an hour to an hour interviews with current startup founders. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like watching those videos and listening to what matters now because I, th I think the big problem that people run into, and this is where I talk about, like, if you watch my videos, I talk about 2000 versus 2005 versus 2010. And one of the issues you run into, um, I have a buddy of mine, Ron Schmelzer, who does these executive tech breakfasts where he brings in, you know, like billionaire, the people that were really successful. And they, they talk about how they, and it was amazing. I was watching this one guy and he's a multi-billionaire and he's sitting there talking about how he became successful. And I realized how worthless it was because it was all, it was all circa 2002. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, okay. all that. And so that's where I'd say, like, even with the books, you run into a lot of problems because, you know, you write a book, you write a book in 2005. And for a lot of things, it, it doesn't matter so much in 2016. Right. So that, that's where I would, I would say, like with YouTube is go and you find the long form videos, um, Again, you know, Guy Kawasaki or Vaynerchuk, Gary Yeah, those kind of people. Because I think you get, I think you get much more out of it, um, and it's it's easy. It's very just easy to digest the information. And the other thing I like about it too, like I watch Guy Kawasaki, and if you watch six of his videos, they all say like eighty percent of the same thing. So yeah. it kind of reinforces points. So you're listening to a new one, and then you hear him talk about what he talked about before, and you're like, "Oh, now I understand what you're what you're saying." Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of value in that. I think a lot of people miss that. It's like, "Oh, why does this person repeat themselves?" Well, because you you need to <laughs> hearing something once does not make it stick in your life and make it change. Yeah, yeah.
Awesome. Well, um, let me uh, let me plug your your channel real quick here because I think it's awesome and everyone should should watch. So uh, we'll put up some annotations here, but definitely you know for everyone that that's uh, that's watching this interview, go to uh, Eli the Computer Guy's channel. You know, we'll, I guess we'll put an annotation up here, and and you've got uh, two main channels that you're doing now, right? The Eli the Computer Guy and then the Eli the Computer Guy Live. Well, so now I'm just doing basically Eli the Computer Guy. So Eli Computer Guy Live is kind of like a second channel that's in a holding pan pattern right now while, okay. while I focus on Eli the Computer Guy. Yeah. And I, I actually love the failed normal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish that would have taken off because it was, I really liked that. Like it was uh, just very raw and very, uh, you know, you're, you're my buddy talking to me, giving me some some fatherly advice that I appreciate and but you know, you know, it's experiments, right? So that's you know, you move on and yeah. But, uh, well, well, and that, that's the thing to think about in business too. Is it's like, you know, it's it's know when to move on, but also know when not to give up. And so, like with failed yeah. normal, like what you're talking about. I mean, like, so that has eight thousand subscribers, and so that's what I looked at. Is Eli the computer guy has seven hundred thirty thousand subscribers. Failed normal right. has eight. Like, well, maybe if I just go back to Eli, the computer guy, that would be a better, better bet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, you know, like I said, if you're not watching Eli already, even if you're not at IT or networking, I mean, Eli's just got great, great advice, just great conversations. You know, you can learn a lot from, from Eli. So definitely check out, uh, like I said, Eli, the computer guy. And uh, I just thank you again. I am, I am just thrilled to have the opportunity to, to speak to the, the, the legend, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool. I, I, you know, to, to uh, to be able to speak to someone who you consider to be you know someone that you look up to, uh, and in and YouTube and so uh, so I, I appreciate you taking the time. And yep. uh, is is there anything else that you would like to point people to or or um, have them check out? No, I don't. Um, let's see, anything else to point them to? No, I, th I think as I, as I tell everybody, just go out there and learn to learn to solve problems. I think that's the big thing I would try to push on people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. So everyone subscribe to Eli, the computer guy. So we'll see. An, so he'll see a nice uptick and know that you, you love him and like some of his videos. I would appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and I'll, I'll talk to you next time with, uh, with another interview. So take care. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>